Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. If you want to be my friend, you had better go and get a pen. And maybe we could keep in touch like they did in the old days. It wasn't so long ago. I'm in Atlanta. Oh, and I wish you well. I'm in Atlanta. In Atlanta. I know. Hi, buddy. Hey. Hey, guys. Welcome to another episode of Pen Pals. I'm one of your hosts, Daniel Van Kirk, along with... I'm Rory Scovel, and I'm in Atlanta. (laughs) Um, As always, (laughs) you guys send us letters, and we write you back in audible form. It's your podcast. We just talk about it. And we are very happy to be back doing this show in one way or another. We are making it work because Rory and I are pen pals, and you are our pen pals, and we want to be able to talk to you. Right, Rory? We missed we missed two weeks, and so now we're trying to get we're trying to get back in there and not. We don't want to lose you guys. We want you to know we'll do what it takes. Right. Um, we got we got Skype. We'll Skype. Yep. We got yep. FaceTime. We'll FaceTime. And you know what? We're we're friends talking, and just like with friends talking, sometimes there's glitches in your uh, your your Skype or your FaceTime or your phone call or even maybe your letter. You write something, you got to scribble it back out, and then be like, D- ignore this. So if that happens with us, that's just what you're going to have to do, and that's okay because uh, we're all friends and we have letters. That's we're, right. Um, I uh, in our in our I don't know if even haste is the right word to put this all together. I didn't pull any reviews, but I think that's okay. We I think that's all right. Yeah, what we can do is use this time to remind people that if you want to come see us do a live pen pals, which are unique and fun, and this entire other like community hanging out event in its own way you can do that we've discovered we didn't expect that we discovered that i know um Uh, people can people can still come to these shows and help build whatever that is i know uh they can have some quality meets and they can do that uh by joining us at cluster fest on sunday the 23rd 
That's I right. Believe. Uh, That's correct. Uh, Sunday the 23rd at Clusterfest. You can buy day passes. You can buy weekend passes. One of the best festivals in the country. San so Francisco, baby. You should come and hang out with us there. And I guarantee that show will be just as unique and fun as all the other live ones that we have done. Um, we are trying to, obviously, Roy's in Atlanta. I'm on the road. So we are trying to uh, put together some dates to maybe do this fall or early spring. The great thing is it's all fluid, and neither one of us are quitting comedy. I don't think, unless Rory hasn't. Did you put in your notice yet? Okay, so. I haven't put in my notice. I'm going to try to tour uh, individually, and I'm going to try to get. Uh, Whatever we're, whatever this pen pals tour is going to be, you got to email us. You got to let us know. Are you growing the show? If you're growing the show, and you're like, look, I got a spot. Throw us, throw us some cities. Yeah. Throw us some ideas because you never know. Sometimes people are like, hey, come play Boise, and then you link Boise with any other city in Idaho. I have no examples, and then you <laughs> link that with a third city in Idaho. I don't know if there's a third city in Idaho. How many cities are in Idaho? Be honest. If I had to guess? Yes. Um, four max. Max? Four, four like What if there city. is only 32? It might just be Boise now that I think about it. Oh, man. Thinking of another. We're losing every <laughs> We're losing every Idaho pen pal right now. <laughs> yeah, but they all <laughs> live so in angry. Boise. So what do they don't care? <laughs> they all live in Boise, so they're fine with it. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. There we'll are 201 cities. Okay, no. Yeah. See, this so is, hit us up. We if gave Noah got, a mic. Ideas, if you got ideas and you got places you want us to play, hit us up. Give us some of those ideas, and we'll uh, we'll see what makes sense. But uh, yeah, fall, spring, we're figuring it out. Mm -hmm. So help us, help us figure it out. And that voice you just heard, if you're new to the show, is our producer Noah, who has a microphone that he's already using too liberally. But that's okay. We're, <laughs> we're glad that he's a part of the show. And he'll find out just how big that part should be, or small, over time. Um, <laughs> Noah? I can't, and also, just so you listeners know, I, I can't, can't hear, hear Noah. And that's a part of my contract. I refuse to acknowledge Noah in a mm -hmm. microphone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which is going to get weird, because I've also stopped talking to Noah, so Rory, will I will tell you what to say to Noah. You won't have yeah. heard what he said either. That's right. Probably the best way to do that. Um all right, Communication. Well, let's get, let's go. You want to go to the letters? Let's go to the letters. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I have never seen you run like that. Well, because that time you were in my hand, you got to see it via FaceTime. God, are you hurt? You know what hurts? My jowls hurt. It's like you're injured or something. <laughs> My jowls hurt from that. I think, I think I taste blood. You know what it looked like? It looked like at one point you had run really fast, mm -hmm. and then at this age you tried to repeat that, and mm -hmm. you pulled something. <laughs> I might have. I might have. Uh, all right, Rory, do you want to go first or second? You want, me to, you want me to jump up and grab one of these things? Yeah, yeah, do it. All right, here I go. Point at which one. Ready? Go. I'll grab and it. Go. Yeah, that one. That one. All right. Yeah, got it. Got okay. It. All right, folks. Here is a letter. Check it out. Greetings to my favorite pen pals. Today, my younger brother told me that my taste in music sucks. I was <laughs> aghast because my music is the, all caps, best. 
I grew up in the 80s during a glorious time of yacht rock and hair bands, which are still my favorite genres to this day. I could listen to everything from Air Supply to Warrant. I had trouble coming up with bands that begin with Y or Z all day, every day. What makes me love that type of music so much, but it makes somebody else want to jab themselves in the ear with a fork? Why do they love rap or hip-hop, which I just can't enjoy? There are other genres that I can get into, mostly from when I was in college and garage rock got big, but my go-to is my 80s soft rock and hair bands. Do you think there is a time period in our lives where we form our tastes in music and they don't change much from there? Why can one person love rap and hate country and vice versa? Mm. How can somebody be a parrot head? That was a joke, I know, and respect many parrot heads, but that is not the life for me. What are your favorites? Sincerely, Becky, probably the world's biggest air supply fan. Okay. It. I got to say, it actually blows my mind a little bit. Yeah? How blows so? my mind... It blows my mind a little bit that uh, we haven't gotten a letter like this before. What do you mean about music in general? Because this is such a broad uh, We had topic. an episode where you told me how much you love Tool. But I mean, someone, I, I think this is such a great letter because it's, it, it, I think it's a great question on our, our, what we like about music and how we find the music that we like and what like inspires that and where does it come from. It just seems like we would have had a letter like this before. I love that we haven't. Mm-hmm. I love that we finally got one. But yeah, this is this is a great letter. Okay. This is one of those that stands out to me. I love these type of. Are questions. you going to work backwards? I'm going to work backwards. So how do you feel about air supply then? I'm not a huge air supply fan, but I will concede I love some good yacht rock, and they're going to come up many times on that playlist. You're going to get some air <laughs> supply, and when they come up, it feels good. I'll tell you what, you, if you're going to, you, if you're going to play with a speaker on the golf course mm-hmm. and you should definitely ask your foursome if they're cool with it, you do that. You definitely. I sometimes will, if there's no one around, I don't want it to be a distraction to others, but sometimes the golfing like mood or tone is like, Hey, we're out here and we're golfing. We're taking it very seriously. And we're quiet. And we're having conversation. There's that version. True. And then there's also the version of golf where you're like, now let's put on some really low volume yacht rock mm-hmm. just to have like in the golf cart. It just kind of feels good. I don't like it all the time, but yacht rock is my go-to genre for when golfing? I'm going to play. Yeah. Because all the songs are about like losing somebody, but then finding yourself again. And boy, if that's not golf, if you get lost, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. If we get lost between the new moon and New York City. Oh, Christopher Cross? Oh, you better my God. believe Come he on. shows up on Yacht Rock. Seals and Crofts? Sailing, take, take me, me away, away from where I'm from. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, dude, if you start playing Seals and Crofts, like Summer Breeze. Oh, man, dude. You, that, that's your, that's, that's your feel-good? Summer breeze makes me feel fine. Rolling through the chasms in my mind. Dude. I love it. I love it. What are you playing? Oh, you're doing it? Turn it down just a little bit. Turn it down just a little. Turn it. Okay. Tell me that didn't make you feel something right there. It makes me want to make a cocktail. 
It makes you want to put on 70s clothes mm -hmm. and like walk to a bar where even the customers know your name. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's good music. But here's the thing about this letter. There are people listening to us sing beautiful renditions of these songs or what you just played, and they are like, this is the worst music anyone could listen to. And that is what is beautiful about humanity. I do want to say, you don't know, I've, I think I've said this before, and if I haven't said it before on this podcast, you and I have talked about it. Okay. No one decides internally what they like. You know what I mean? Right. You don't, you don't make a choice like, oh, I'm going to like, I'm, I'm going to be a weirdo who gets made fun of because I like new kids on the block. You don't decide that. Right. You just either, you, you love it and you either decide, oh, I'm going to let people know or you don't. Right. Now, yeah, but you didn't you, make a choice. You don't pick any bands you like. You just love the music But I would you say you decide how much you want to lean into that lifestyle. Like, you may not be able to help how much you love Insane Clown Posse, but you decide if you become a juggalo. That, now... <laughs> right? Oh, 100%. Like there, a hundred percent. There are plenty of people who love Jimmy Buffett that don't have a pair of head hat, and they don't they don't wear the outfit right. and go to the shows like that. But I will tell you this: I was in Vegas, so Jimmy Buffett does Vegas every year, and he they for some reason he would always play like MGM, but they would have the parrot heads would all stay at the Flamingo, and yeah. they would take over the pool. And I was at the pool for the parrot head day, and those yeah. are some of the most fun people. I mean, if oh, you want to get hammered with a 49-year-old woman named Carol, that it is so much fun. Yeah. Well, that's their whole thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just good times. Their whole thing is, dude, get me to paradise and let me order a cheeseburger. So change some that's latitudes. That's my whole thing. Mm -hmm. That's my whole thing. Change this attitude, change this latitude, my friend. I'm not into it. I don't like the music. You I don't? can't stand it. I, I don't like Jimmy I don't like Jimmy Buffett's music. Really? But if you if you transport me right now to a Jimmy Buffett concert, uh -huh. I have the type of personality where I'm going to have a good time. I don't believe that you don't like uh, a pirate looks at forty. I can't. You know. You want to know why I don't like it? Why? I worked when I worked at that restaurant in Panama City Beach. We talked about this mm -hmm. uh, not mm -hmm. that long ago. When mm -hmm. I worked at that restaurant, yeah, they played Jimmy Buffett all okay day now. long. This is where you're getting into what I think is the heart of this letter. And that yeah. is, what is your experiences built around this music? When did you hear it? So for me, songs sure. like Seals and Crofts and oldies music from, from the 60s and 70s, that is my cabin. That is yeah. growing up, up until the age of like 14, I thought that was the only station that came on the radio. I thought there was only <laughs> a, like up here at the cabin, that's the only station that comes in. W-O-L-X, 94.9, oldies. And, Nostalgia hits. And so even to this day, that music for me speaks to that place, speaks to playing cards with my family, having a campfire going. And so much so that every every year like my family will still pick like a summer song and that's yeah. your song and if you're at the cabin and, you, and your song comes on you have to do a shot and then sure. we even do stuff where we'll all be around and be like oh this is a cabin song and if let's say it's like Jerry and the Pacemakers playing Ferry Cross the Mercy we'll, we will say oh this happens when you get up in the middle of the night and there's people still playing cards and you got to go to the bathroom and this song's quietly on and so that music to me is where my affinity comes. It almost comes from the life experience when I was uh, consuming all of it. You know what right. I mean? You're right. So, yeah, I think that that's like you being like, well, I associate that music with that job. 
I don't want to hear that music. Right. There's also, I mean, there's overload on some stuff, but I think I also just came to realize I'm not into the music. Sure. I I don't, I don't know that I'm, uh, like, like I'm not against the the party and it's a scene, you know, it's a whole scene with Jimmy Buffett. I just don't, it's not my, my personality. But like I said, if you transported me to a concert right now and it's just like, it's the same way if, uh, if you just suddenly took me to a Chicago Blackhawks, you know, hockey game, sure, I'm gonna I'm gonna get on board and be rowdy for the Blackhawks, right, right, because right. I'm there. But if right. you were like, Roy, do you care who wins? I, no. I don't really. No. <laughs> but if if you're like, oh yeah, Dan and this whole arena are crazy about the Blackhawks, then I'm like, yeah, well, I'm here. But I'm, I'm here. So I'm gonna do it. But you're all, so that's also right. What you were saying too is like there is a part of you where like I don't know. I don't have a nostalgia built into this. I don't have a life chapter built into this, but this music just speaks to me. So like, for example, I have no nostalgia with Sinatra and the Rat Pack, but when I heard that music, I was like, oh, I fucking love this. And by the same accord, for some reason, I just don't get into Tool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you you heard that music, I assume, was like, oh, this is... Speaking to me, this is my. Rhythm. I heard that at sixteen, and I I loved it. I didn't love all of it. I was just telling Scott this the other day. I don't love uh, when a Tool album comes out, and it is few and far between. <laughs> but when an album does come out, uh, I don't I don't love it all right away. And I think that's what I love about the band is that the band makes you come to them. The mm-hmm. band like makes the song. And then you start to slow, you listen to it and you sit with it and then you listen to it. And I, I think what I appreciate about, appreciate about Tool, and I can 100% so easily understand people being like, I don't like it. This is not for me. It's such a tonal thing. Sure, sure, sure. That you got to either like that tone or not. And I, I like, I like the depth of the, the music and I like the depth of where they're coming from. I like knowing, you know, from afar, what I know about who I think they might be mm-hmm. <laughs> as people, uh, I would hate to be wrong. That's like the the old like uh, "don't meet your heroes" <laughs> kind of thing. But I have formulated this whole thing in my mind of of you know from collected uh, information who I think they are. So I actually, with someone like Tool, the reason I obsess over it is because I actually love the whole package. Sure. Now you take a band like Fish, and I know we're talking about stuff we've talked about before. Yeah, but, this, but it's a, a different band context. like Fish. I don't throw fish on at home. I don't listen to fish's music. What I love about fish is the live experience. I love being at the show. Mm-hmm. I love the vibe at the show. I love the songs. I love not really knowing the songs. I love, I love that they jam. I love that they improvise. That's obviously something I would appreciate that they do. It's also what I love about jazz. Like I throw jazz on all the time. I couldn't necessarily tell you who any of it is. There's just sure. something that I like about it. And if someone goes, Oh, I hate jazz. I totally get it. There's certain country I love. The stuff that I like, I I, I despise. And I, even though I just said people just like what they like, sure. it's still so hard to not like <laughs> sort of like judge people. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like an easy go-to, in my opinion, is sort of this pop country oh. that's out there now that just seems, and not all of it, like I get some of it just feels good. I love that there's mainstream hits i get i get that there's mainstream music that just is so easy to hear and it just gets in you and you end up liking it and you don't even know why sure but there's some pop country that is just so shallow with what they're singing about and how they're doing it i just 
I can't even appreciate the vocals, which are oftentimes very good, and I can't even appre- I can't appreciate the the actual music because it doesn't seem very complicated. <laughs> yeah, I I call a lot of that like list country. Where it's like, yeah. we went down to the place where we used to hang out, and we got a flat tire, and you started to pout. But I remember that time that we became friends when you had a red leather jacket, and I didn't want the night to end. And it, it's literally just a list. It's just, it's just a list of memories. And I think I sang that pretty fucking well, actually. If I'm, I'm gonna, not going to lie. You sang it really good where I was like, is this a song? Is he making this up? I don't know where this is coming from. But it's literally just... Is he working on something? Right. <laughs> but it's just a list of things kenny chesney and I, I actually i love kenny chesney and I, I love a lot of his music but he was kind of the one who really took this to the next level of like i'm just gonna list a whole bunch of things that happened in high school and enough yeah. of you know enough of those things are gonna land with enough people that they're gonna be like hell yeah man me too exactly but it's like yeah. but what are you actually singing about and Kenny's yeah. uh, better, I, in my opinion, better than some of the stuff that's happening today. But what's interesting is then you have somebody like Chris Stapleton who comes along who starts kind of singing a, about something, like the way he feels or his outlook on life and stuff like that. And it, and people are like oh. – then you see all these people who also maybe love Luke Bryan, love Chris Stapleton. I'm like, yeah, well, you, the reason you're loving Chris Stapleton is because he's singing about something. Yeah, but I I agree with you too when you're saying like oh there's some stuff people love that I'm like what's wrong with you I always if somebody says to me like oh I hate country music I I tend to say uh, I believe you that you feel that way yeah and you're simultaneously right you're right for yourself and wrong for me and that's there's okay. a lot you know what I think because I used to I used to broadly state that I hated country too because sure. I hated what what country music at the time sure was because yeah. it wasn't just for me i might love that stuff now that i decided to hate but you know I, I think some people just haven't been exposed to the to the full spectrum of what country music mm-hmm. is and can be and like stuff that i like now like jason isbel mm-hmm. i think is fucking amazing i think sturgill simpson's amazing I mean, come on I, I think there's a depth to it of the stuff they're singing about that i relate to but i also like that they're they're like yeah i'm playing country music but I'm not singing about my truck and having a beer. You right. know what I mean? Right. Like if people want to sing about that, it's great. I just personally need something uh, a little bit more. Also, you can appreciate going, something. Going, oh, go ahead. Go, you know, go ahead. I was going to say, you can also appreciate something technically, even if you can't. Like if you hear Miranda Lambert sing Tin Man or, uh, you know, RIP their marriage, but her and Blake Shelton sing an acoustic duet of like um, You Went Away. It, yeah, you're like, well, yeah, maybe this isn't for me, but that is phenomenal musicianship. Like, th- yeah. that's even a word. But yeah, there's still yeah. a way where you can be like, yeah, I get it, I get, I get that. It's not something I appeal to, but I don't have to say that sucks. I can say that just isn't for me, but I see how technically beautiful that is. You know? What yeah. I mean? what were yeah. You, what were you gonna say? I, I was just gonna, going back to what Becky was asking here when she said, uh, "Do you think there's a time period in our lives where we form our tastes in music and they don't t- change much from there?" I think, I think there is a time period in our lives when we start to care about music and we start to formulate our opinions mm-hmm. on music and we start to ha- be passionate about what we like and overly defensive about what we like and mm-hmm. overly offensive about stuff that we are not into i think we all go through that kind of phase but i think there's a lot of people i wish there were more but i, th- I think there's a lot of people who are willing to try a lot of music sure 
like I think people who are who who say like I actually listen to a lot of stuff and I'm willing to give anything a try. I'm not the biggest Usher fan. I had so much fun dancing How, to I Usher mean, music. I had so much fun when, when he pointed at me. It was unreal. Yeah. I couldn't tell you one thing about Luke Bryan. You and I go to a concert right now. I bet we'd have a great time. I, I bet you I bet you have a good time. But I, bet have have a great time. Good time. I bet we get invited on stage. <laughs> well, you would. You would you would be on a riser and you would get pointed at and you'd be like, let that dude sing the next one. Oh, and I'd do it, man. I'd put a visor on and stand right next to Luke. Not sing, man. I'd sing my I'd sing my goddamn heart out, man. Dude, I was there last night. Luke and Dan. They they're actually he he's taking Dan. Uh, he's with taking him Dan. Right he's a, he's opening for Dan. Dan, he opens for Dan. Then Dan just does a tight hour of just jokes. <laughs> it's very weird because people are like hyped up music and then just a speech. <laughs> uh, unless I'm forgetting something. The last thing I wanted to hit on in this great letter that you grabbed is um, the role, like where li- where different types of music live in your life. Like I imagine, and maybe I could be wrong, but did you have a certain type of music like pre-soccer game in college that you would listen to that you wouldn't listen to at other times? Like, for me, I'm, like if we're driving up the coast, we're going to be like, hey, let's go up to Big Sur. I'm like, let's, sure. let's put on some My Morning Jacket, some Arcade Fire, yes. get these windows yeah. down. But then if yeah. you're like, uh, hey, I'm going to run to the gym or I'll meet up with you later, I'm probably going to be listening to hip-hop and rap in my workout so do you have like oh this kind of lives in this chapter of my in this area of my life and this lives over here i try to grow i i'm trying i don't think i'm very good at it i think i'm okay at it but i love it when the right music fits the right oh, it's the best. time and i haven't been good at it because all my life i just kind of force what i like <laughs> into those moments and it's sometimes it's not the right music i think i've gotten better at it yeah, because at your it's wedding, older. You, you walked down the aisle to fuck the police, but you were like, this That's, is what I... And I was like, this is what I walk down aisles to. <laughs> Grocery so stores, shoe grocery stores. stores, this is what I want to hear, <laughs> church. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I... So you would listen I, to a certain type of music for anything in your life? You're like, this is what I like. And it yeah, would be I mean, the same a- time for different areas it's, like you it's, used to so be? So it's great. Like, yeah. all, I know, all I know for certain is that Tool is definitely my my favorite band and, and a sound that I, I don't even I don't play it like all the time either. I go in and out of phases, but then I'll go through a phase that Jordan hates, where I will just be playing some Dave Matthews band quite mm-hmm, a bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, two you step, can't, both, number forty one. You can't you can't shake this Greenville, South Carolina off of me. You can't <laughs> you cannot get it off of me? But I I I, uh, I don't know. Like if we were driving up the coast and you're like, dude, this my morning jacket is perfect. I, I wouldn't be like, ah, no, I'm not crazy about them. I would love for that drive mm-hmm. to suddenly make me crazy about them. Yeah. That's what I, that's what I can never understand about people when, when people, and it's not just music, but when people have their favorite thing and they're like, no, my favorite thing mm-hmm. is this. Mm-hmm. You're literally going, so, so an, an analogy would be, hey, here is a 100 yard long dessert buffet mm-hmm. and you're like no i like cookies right, right. <laughs> and someone's like yeah but you know the 10 the, the 10 yard line to the 20 yard line that 10 yards it's actually cookie cakes and cookie pies and sure. shit you've never seen people do with cook no no i like cookies I know. and it's not just music it's literally oh it's food, all of life restaurants other people, yep. other cultures, mm-hmm. art, TV shows, literally, you could actually have 
when you're like, I have my one favorite thing and I love it. Imagine if you just opened your mind and your eyes and were like, oh, wait, I have 10 favorite things. Yeah. 10 favorite things is way better than one favorite thing. Mm-hmm. You're like, I love hot tubs. And someone's like, well, you can have this one hot tub that 20 people are in and you don't know them. Or you can have a fucking <laughs> I can't wait. Olympic-sized swimming pool that is a hot tub. No. <laughs> And you can just have it to no, yourself. <laughs> I don't. If I don't like it, if I can't randomly touch a person's foot, <laughs> that I can't see, but something was sharp on it. <laughs> I want to be cut by a nail, a toenail. I want to bleed for this. <laughs> um, I, I, I think. I think the way we develop our musical taste. I would like to think to some to sum sum this up for Becky. Sure. Uh, you are not wrong to love yacht rock and your '80s hair bands because that music is it's a known genre for a reason because mm-hmm. it fucking worked and mm-hmm. it was really fucking good. But I think the thing to work on is always be willing to grow your mind and try out new music while also and it's hard to do. And I even as I say this, I still judge people. But try to remember that you didn't decide what art you liked. Right. No one else does. And sometimes you cannot fathom how people like a band. You can't fathom Mm -hmm. that. But sometimes you just got to go, you know what? Different strokes, different folks. Agreed. And if somebody says to you, your music sucks, be like, no, it doesn't. You just don't like it. Yeah. (laughs) It doesn't suck. You just don't like it. Yeah. It and, and make sure people and and also know that you might be that person who's told that. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thanks, great Becky. Letter. Becky, Agreed. great, great letter. Uh, thanks so much. Let us know what you think, and maybe make us a Spotify playlist and send it to us. Yeah, Why listeners, not? listeners. If you're writing a letter from this point on, you want to include a favorite song that you love. Dan and I will at some point we'll 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 take all those down that be and we'll fun? start a we'll start a Spotify playlist where we'll, it'll be called the Pen Pals playlist that you guys made. So if you're if you're writing us a letter or if you're writing a review, uh, don't forget to write reviews. Yeah, rate and review. Grow the show. Hashtag grow the show. Hashtag send us a song. Ooh, a new one. All right. Sincere- yeah. Thanks, Becky. Sincerely, Daniel Van Kirk and Rory Scory. Hey, do you miss traveling with your besties like in Girls Trip? Do you miss going to huge family gatherings like in Soul Food? Do you miss meeting the parents like in Get Out? Well, actually, no one misses that. But you can still do all of these things with me, Desmond Thorne, on my podcast, Adventures in Black Cinema. Each week, I take you on a journey through a new black film, how it relates to the culture, and sometimes how the themes relate to my own life. So there's always a little tea and a slight bit of embarrassment. And of course, as a filmmaker myself and one of the blackest, film nerdiest film nerds like ever, you're always in good hands. Adventures in Black Cinema with Desmond Thorne, executive produced by Amanda Seals. New episodes every Tuesday on all major podcast platforms. When was the last time you did something just for you? Discover your summer essentials with Fat Fit Fun, the best subscription box service delivering 
full-size self-care and wellness products delivered straight to your door. Their experts carefully pick from top trending products for you to personalize your own box of happiness. Just choose your plan and get ready for the best in home, fashion, beauty, wellness, and so much more. So whether it's the perfect beach blanket, a handy wine chiller, or aloe vera gel, FabFitFun has you covered for all of your fun in the sun needs. You'll get to choose some of the products to go in your box while the rest are a surprise. Plus, you can access other perks like flash sales and new items up to 70% off. FabFitFun is more than just an incredible value. It's me time in a box. All about the brands you love, the brands you will love, and doing something that's just for you. Visit FabFitFun.com for 50% off your first box while supplies last when you use code TALKSHOW. That's FabFitFun.com, code TALKSHOW. Pen Pals, we are back. Hello. How are you? Hi! Thanks for staying with us through the break, and I hope that you... um, you check out all those things that we have recommended to you. I'm obviously hope you learned a lot. not knowing what they are, but I will, hope I, you guys learned a lot from this. Yeah, I hope you did too. We just we're like slightly disappointed dads. Okay, well I hope you get it. So I well, hope, I hope you, you learned. I hope you learned whatever you needed to learn from that. <laughs> um, we found out in the break that uh, I think it's like in the five o'clock hour festivals move around. So why don't you just give yourself some time after five, five to six ish. Uh, we will be doing uh, Pen Pals at Clusterfest, so you can plan on that. Plan your day accordingly. I also want to yeah. let everybody know, I'm announcing this right now. You guys are one of the first people I am telling as of when I record this. We, I have the next leg of my tour coming up. It's on the 26th of June. I will be starting out in Chicago and then heading to Madison, Milwaukee, St. Louis, Indianapolis. Um, it would be great to see so many of you guys there out at those cities in the Midwest. Obviously, that's where I'm from, so maybe you remember me from the time. Those are some good spots. That I know. just got me excited. I know. So go to I'm da- not even going, and I just had like nostalgic memories <laughs> of when I was there, and I was like, that's a good that's I a can't good wait. I can't wait. So yeah, Madison, Milwaukee, <laughs> St. Louis, Chicago, Indianapolis. Where in Chicago? At North Bar in Chicago on North and Ashland. Come hang out with me. That's, that, that kicks it off? Yep. Yep, All right, North Bar, Chicago. You guys got to flood it. You need the first the first show. You really sets the tone. I know. Uh, so go to DanielVanKirk.com to get tickets. Rory, do you have any dates? Do you know what you're doing at the end of the summer or anything coming up? I'll tell you what, folks. The only plug I got right now is uh, follow at Robbie Show on yeah. Instagram as we try to grow that show. We don't have a premiere date, but I I got to tell you, shooting this show is like. It's crazy. It's so much fun. I think it's going to be a very unique and interesting, uh, grounded comedy. What's the and Instagram? It looks, it looks beautiful. What's the Instagram? Instagram is at Robbie Show, and okay. that's R O R O B B I E Show. Nice. All right. I love it. Yeah. All right. I'm going to grab a letter. Okay. Yeah. I got it. Here we go. Dearest. Daniel and Rory. That's the way you do it. 
Let me. I don't like it. I don't like it. Rip that up. Okay. Well, it's, uh, I'll do it after I read it. Okay. Maybe I'll frame it. Let me start by saying I went hashtag F2F with Daniel before I even realized I was going F2F. That's how it happens, man. I hadn't heard a single episode of Pen Pals when my wife and I dragged her sister and brother-in-law to a comedy show three hours away for a comedian they'd never heard before. So let me get straight. He came That's to... a lot. That's a big ask. <laughs> <laughs> this this person, bless them, w- was unfamiliar with pen pals, and then so I don't know. Maybe they just knew me from Dumb People Town or something. And then yeah, and then dragged people who didn't even know I existed to a show three hours away. Those That's... those people are brave because there is no world where I do that. I agree. Uh. I dragged my sister and brother-in-law to a comedy show three hours away for a comedian they'd never heard before. My wife and I loved Daniel on DPT. That's in past tense, which makes me feel weird. So we bought tickets as soon as we found out he was going to be close to us. Daniel and Andrew, that's Andrew Youngblood, my, my, uh, the fe- guy who features on my tour and is a great person and a great comic. Daniel and Andrew Youngblood were hilarious and so nice, especially to my very drunk sister-in-law who was trying to tell me... <laughs> Well, you know what? You dragged her three hours away so she can live whatever life she wants. You're the reason. Yeah, she's, she's allowed. She's allowed some choices. <laughs> yeah. uh, trying to, she was trying to tell everyone stories about her elementary school students. I'm in for it. I imagine you see all kinds of drunk people after shows often. Anyway, Dan, you were very cool about it, and that just made us all bigger fans. Okay, now to my issue. My do you, hold, do you, hold up. Are you going to go back? Do you remember that encounter? 100%. Yes. Okay, go ahead. It was a, and you know, it was that, a lot of that stuff where you're like, oh, no, I get it. Yep. Yeah. I, yeah, 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 I, I hear you. Yeah, yeah. I hear you. Yeah. I should. I, I'll, I'll take that story. You yeah. know what? I will do that on stage. You're right. <laughs> I'd love to do that. Uh, all right. Now to my issue. My wife and I have been married for two years, and we've each been married once before. We have a blended family with four kids. We each had two kids from our previous marriages. They are six, seven, eight, and nine years old. Our kids are one. That is, that is incredible. I know, I know. (laughs) Our kids are wonderful, and they get along so well with each other. My wife has wanted a kid with me since we got married, even though I wasn't sure I could handle five kids. Her co-workers even started a petition for us to all have a kid because they decided it would be the cutest kid ever. I feel like we could do a full hour on people signing petitions for other people to have kids, but that's a different letter. That is my new hour if you guys want to drive three hours to see my show. (laughs) We are now pregnant with a boy, and I couldn't be happier. The other night, I mentioned to my wife that since we have a baby on the way, I want to get a vasectomy. She replied by saying, don't you want to try for a girl? Uh... (laughs) Oh, you drove away. (laughs) Guys, I love being a dad. I love our family. My wife is a great mom and stepmom. Is it crazy for me to even consider adding a sixth kid to the mix? Yes, I'll get in early on this one. Yes, go ahead. We both work and have hobbies. We both played college soccer, roar, and and we still play on multiple teams every weekend. We even coach all our kids' teams. We get it. You're a great dad. And mom, I like having time to relax. We're also not exactly rich. We make decent money and we live within our means, but I'm still paying student loans and other debts. Am I being selfish for wanting a vasectomy? I would love to hear your unbiased third-party 
Uh, I would love to hear from an unbiased third party. It was pretty cathartic just writing this letter. Love you guys and love the show. P.S. I included a picture my wife and I took with Dan and one I took with not Dan. You see what I mean. I don't know if you can see this roar, but I can try. Love it. And then this is a a good looking couple right there. Oh, yeah. And then look at the picture he took with a guy that he says is not me. It's just a guy who vaguely looks like me. This falls into the category of like, if you shave your head or don't have hair, you all look the same. Okay. It's like if you and Paul Shear were one person. Ooh, that's good. Yep, that's a mutt. That is a. This is why you're the comic, and and he's just, <laughs> and he's a good letter writer and a great dad. Okay, Rory, where do you want to go? Uh, I am I, I being think- selfish for wanting vasectomy. That's if you're going backwards. That's no, your... I don't. I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. Wanting to have children at all, or wanting to have more kids, or or no kids, or whatever—that is a discussion between two people on a podcast. Uh, in these scenarios, oh, okay. In this scenario, okay, that's a discussion between two <laughs> yes. people, and uh, I, I, I could see. I, I only see his argument in this. I mean, I could see hers if. This was their first kid, sure. and maybe she wants two or three. Right. I I get it a hundred percent. I'd say that's uh, you know I I don't have an opinion for you because I don't know what to I don't know right. what to tell you. Right. But knowing that that would be a sixth, sixth kid, it's just it's too much. It is too much. Oh, too much. I, I would say. Well, here's my for me for me. That I mean obviously for him too. Maybe that's why I wrote this letter, but. <laughs> Well, I think that vasectomy is a damn good idea. They Well, they say, like, we make decent money and we live within our means. And I think what he means when he says that is we live within our financial means. But what about, like, just your energy and bandwidth means? You seem to have a lot yeah. of things that you like doing. You have kids that are you know, reaching, like, adolescence. And you have another baby on the way. Make sure that you, and this goes for anybody, I'm not telling him what to do, but make sure that you, when you evaluate having another child and you want to plan it out, as you, uh, I think sometimes in, in the best scenarios you can do that, is you ask yourself, do I have the bandwidth for this energy? Do I, is that something that is going to like keep, keep all of us happy? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I, yeah. that should be a big, fa- you factor it into your financial life, factor it into your energy life and your your time. Yeah, I, I got to go with that. Uh, I, I got to go with get that vasectomy. But I mean, at the same time, like, it is still a discussion. Right. I just think he has better, he has a better hand here because they do, they will now have five kids. Well, you're in a marriage. How does it go if one person, and I'm not saying this is adamant, he didn't say it either, but I'm curious. If one person adamantly wants another child and one doesn't I mean, that is that that would be so scary to me that can sometimes and definitely has ruined a relationship yeah because one really wants a kid and one really doesn't and it's a you're like well who gets what they want because part of marriage is a gamble that we're going to figure out a way to agree on so much for the rest of our life. Like things we yes. don't, we haven't even encountered yet. Yes. Where do we want to but, retire? But How much money of, do we want to save? I mean, there's so much of like, oh, this there's is also a, a lot of debates where each person can, at a different time, get what they want. 
this is one where if there is someone who doesn't want a kid, mm-hmm. they will never get what they want. Yeah. And if someone wants a kid and doesn't get to have it, they will never get what they want. Right. Whereas if you and I disagree on something way smaller stakes as like where to eat tonight. Sure. By the end of this week, we will have both had the meal we want. Right. <laughs> right. But I mean, how often do people have kids for somebody else? I think a lot. I think a lot of times. I think a lot of times, uh, I, I would, I'm willing to bet with zero evidence that more people, men and women fold to deciding to have a kid Probably more so than two people deciding to not, to not have a kid when yeah. one of them wanted a kid. Yeah, because that urge to create life—it's—it's—it's it's, it's natural, internal. It's some—it's organic. There's nothing you can like change about. Not that everyone has it. No, but no. it does come from that sort of natural place in your brain that you don't—you know—you don't understand. Like just making another person. But uh, yeah, I don't—I I don't know. I don't know. I mean. We have one kid. Yeah, I know. And we don't want any more kids. How did you and guys I, come I, to that having decision? Having one kid is a lot of work. And How having did, two kids is a lot of work. Some people are like, well, we're going to have three, four, five. I mean. Okay, but five years ago. Did Jacoby's you- out there. He can't stop making kids. <laughs> he loves it. I love you, Dave Jacoby. <laughs> but, okay, Rory, well, five years ago, did you think you were, did you think, did you know you were a one kid guy or were you like, oh, maybe I'll have two, maybe I'll have three? Like, how did you come growing, to that? Growing up, I thought I'd be a lot of kids guy because I was one of a lot of kids. Sure. And I was like, oh, this is what I know. So this is what I want. Right. And then, uh, you know, you get into this job and mm-hmm. you kind of see what this job is. And then you're kind of like, I don't know if I, maybe I don't want any kids. But I, I don't know that I've ever fully been a, I don't want a, at least one kid guy. But how did you know I think, when it was just one? Like, did you guys have a conversation where like, I think we're good, right? Well, you see how much one affects your rhythm. Yeah. Because while you, while I love my daughter to no end uh, and would do anything sure. required for her joy and happiness and safety and mm-hmm. without having to think about it, uh, you still see how much it affects your rhythm and your life. And I, I, I don't know, maybe if I, if, if, if Jordan and I were in a different line of work, maybe we'd yeah. be more inspired or wanting mm-hmm. of more kids. But as it stands, you know, our, our, we don't really have job security. Right. Uh, this, what we do is, is fleeting in, in the sense of, you know, I don't know what my income's going to be. I hope that every year I can try to make more money, but yeah, it can all go away. It can all go away instantly. Yeah, and that's just how it is. You know, there is something to that being like, this is how much I make. This is all of our bills. None of this yeah. stuff is going to change. If anything, yeah. my job might just go up if I get yeah. if I get a annual raise. I mean, there, raise. There, there's there's a there's a big chance people see my show and love it. There's a big chance nobody watches it. Or the people who do don't like it. Sure. And then you just go, oh, all right, I guess, you know, how many opportunities do you you get at making something till the people who give you money and the space to showcase that thing Mm -hmm. decide you're not the investment they wanted you to be? Like, I think about that kind of stuff all the time. And all I think after that thought is, oh, God, thank God I just have the one kid. (laughs) I can can make stand-up work off the one kid. I don't need... 
I don't need a, a, an executive or, or, or anyone that works at any sort of a, a network or, or a studio or anything sure. to tell sure. me if I'm good or bad at standup. I already know that I know how to do it and that people like it. Right. I, enough people like it to where I, I no longer have a doubt that I can't make money doing it. Right. But there is also a world where I don't know why I'm going off. This is a, a, a totally hey, other tangent, but there's a world where suddenly people aren't drawn to go see a live stand-up show. It hasn't totally happened, yeah. But you know, it's not like every comedy club makes it, right? It's not like every town can sustain, facilitate a comedy community that then helps a comedy club that then gets the crowd. Like it, there's there's a world where there's there's not work to be had, and just those pressures for me personally. Or why I get like anxiety just thinking about having to take care of more uh, people. I also think about overpopulation. Like, wh- where should we? How yeah. how big should our contribution be as individuals to making more people? You know, I see the like the nineteen and growing or whatever the fuck it is now with the yeah. that family that is like yeah. a weird people factory. I would say <laughs> to those people, I, I I genuinely think that's like a crazy selfish thing right. to decide 19, that your you, your namesake and your DNA and your blood should flood the earth and take take and take and take. Like mm-hmm. I, I people people oftentimes default to their religion to be like, no, religion says we should make people, but logic and uh, compassion for other people that will one day have to be on this planet should inform you of how many people you should be making. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And yeah. I don't, I, but, but at the same time, I couldn't tell you what that number is. I love all my siblings. I love all my nieces and nephews and I've sure. got a lot. So I don't want to tell you <laughs> what that number is, but I know for me, I can't see myself, you know, if, if Jordan, and I ended up with a second kid, people would be like, ah, how'd you get that second one? You said it never happened. There's a, there's a small part in my soul that if, I could see us adopting a a second child. Okay. I cannot see us having anything to do with a third kid. <laughs> if we had billions of dollars, I I would be like I'll build a resort for orphans. <laughs> and they get to be there for 2 weeks. It's all inclusive. They're not allowed don't go to other parts of the property that you you don't yeah. have a pass for. It's just yeah. a resort. It's just a resort. Yeah. And then you guys back to the orphanage. Yeah, but hey, when you're I mean, here, have a great time. Yeah, when you're here, you're family. <laughs> <laughs> which I know a lot. Of, which I know a lot of you guys don't have, uh, but you can feel like that at this resort. In fact, it's called when family you come resort. To this resort. You truly are family. You are my children. Right, and then you're gonna go back. Yeah, to I, I couldn't do. I could do that. I couldn't. Uh... The one thing too, Corey, I mentioned it when I was reading this through. Is like you say Corey. Yeah. All right. It, that's how he signed it, and he didn't say not to say it. Um, oh, I thought you were talking to me. <laughs> I was like, Dan, by now you've got to know my name. You have to learn it. It's just rude at this point. <laughs> uh, I hear you, Cor. So um, the, he said about the coworkers signing a petition. I, that would drive me nuts. If yeah, so many people uh, wanted to insert their opinion into what I do with my personal life, I almost would not. I might have gotten a divorce. I might have been like, hey, well, I mean, they are having the one kid. So I know, but like, that's why they did it. You mean the principle of the petition? Uh, no, they have. Look, I'm not going to lie. Those people, I'm, I'm never going to get involved in a petition for people to have or not have a kid. But I will say, co- just that picture, that's two good-looking people. That kid's going to be, <laughs> be a good-looking yeah, kid. Yeah, they're not or wrong. Or the hideously ugly kid. 
those coworkers aren't wrong. It just said that her coworkers started a petition for them to have a kid because they decided it would be the cutest kid ever. I, mm, I would just people who did that. I would say stop. Don't talk about my life. Don't. Yeah. You, you guys sign a petition for you guys to stop doing petitions at work. Maybe start putting funnel some good productivity yeah. back into your work environment. Yeah. How about you take that energy from that petition? To, for us to have a kid and put it into that Game of Thrones petition. <laughs> uh, all right, Cor. I don't know, man. You you said what is our our unbiased third party? I'll tell you what. Go secretly get that vasectomy, and then for the rest of your lives, just be like, I don't, I don't know, why we're babe. Not getting pregnant, we're trying. No one's trying harder than me, babe. Yeah, babe. Every night, uh, every day, twice a day. That is a possibility. Just live a lie with your marriage. Just live a lie. If I can give sound advice, compassionate advice, lie to your wife. But you know what I think we did answer? The, the, one, <laughs> the final question, and then we'll, we'll, we'll leave you, my friend, is uh, are you selfish for wanting a vasectomy? No. You're I, I, not. That, nope. I don't think so at all. You are not. You're self- not. That, I don't know what your decision will end up being, but you don't yeah. have to fight about whether or not that's uh, you will. I mean, you I guess will, you technically, and you uh, will have raised five. Kids. Actually, hold That's on, Rory. Technically, you are being selfish because you're thinking of yourself, but that doesn't mean it's wrong. I guess is no. the more specific thing. Yes, you are being selfish, but it isn't. That doesn't. That is not a synonym for wrong. It's the compassionate selfish. Yeah, exactly. Because what you are thinking about is the population. You're like, you know what? I gotta cut me off. Or you're thinking about your soccer team that you want to keep playing on. Yes. Hit them goals. Score them goals. That mean that needs to be the only thing that you slip past the goalie is those soccer balls. Uh, score them goals. <laughs> score them goals. All right. Thanks so much, Corey, for sending this in. Uh, thank you all of our pen pals for hanging out with us. Sorry we missed you for a couple of weeks, but uh, hopefully you missed us too. And we're Get all us those together. songs. Yeah, do it. Um, we'll see you guys soon. Come out to Clusterfest and hang out with us. Go to Daniel Van Kirk. Go to uh, what is it, Robbie Show? How do you? What's the Instagram? At at Robbie Show at on Instagram. Robbie Show and cheer Rory on on all social media. Let's keep adding positivity into the world. All right, guys. Sincerely, Daniel Van Kirk and Rory Scoble. A podcast network. Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at, at first, first listen. listen. This season... 
We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. That's right. 